Welcome to the FI Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Today, we're going to be talking about anything from remote work all the way up to aliens in the fifth dimension. Stay tuned because this is going to become a very interesting conversation. Is everything black and white? And shades of gray. What do you think? Is everything black and white? I think if you're asking, if you're asking is, and ultimately what I hear is, is there absolute truth? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Are humans easily capable of finding that truth? No, which is where I think shades of gray come in. Mm -hmm. Right, so is there absolute truth? I would contend yes. Humans' capability of understanding it or seeing it, very low. Thus, humility of understanding that would allow us to play in the gray, where we become judgmental or less judgmental of what we think we know or what we think is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's so much pain in this world is caused from assuming we know things that we don't. Mm -hmm. Like, and history is full of it. You just study history. It's like, the fuck were we that dumb? Right. And then you start thinking about it, and you're like, what's the chances we're that dumb right now? <laughs> yeah. Very <Pretty> likely. <laughs> Which and is why, like, it just, you temporary, you know? Like, so, yeah. I think unless you're talking about hard sciences, it's really hard to come to <clears throat> absolute truth. And even um, the, op the even, hard sciences. Yeah, even the hard sciences, yeah. Whatever the fuck a hard science is. But the, the, the <laughs> biggest <laughs> issue with the sciences is they're just, they've become another religion. That's true. Right? And they're yeah. just, they're limited both in form and function and to the, the doctrine of the, the group to the third dimension, which is highly fucking limited. Right. Right? And there's an arrogance in that. Oh, if I can't see it, it must not be real. Really? Fuckstick? Walk to me through love then. Mm. Oh, it's a biochemical reaction that happens when, yeah, where did that biochemical reaction come from? Well, it's, uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think a lot of things are fall into a gray area. You can make arguments for either side of whatever you know topic you're talking about, um, and uh, yeah, it's very hard to find you know true black and white in any particular scenario. With <clears throat> that though, that is why it is important that we teach people how to think, not what to think. Right. And this is like. I say this all the time in all my fucking short form videos because of early in engagement with randos. There are always exceptions. Yeah. Just assume there are exceptions. That doesn't make the rule uh, inaccurate. Right? Just understand there are likely exceptions to everything, which means the old saying, right? He who's good with the hammer sees everything as a nail. If hmm. you need a black and white world to make sense of life, right. life is going to be painful. Right, because you got to figure out the right tool at the right time, the right approach. Right, and in our society, we're we're having a really hard time with those those narratives because we're having a hard time teaching people how to think. We're too obsessed with teaching people what to think, mm -hmm. right? And that you you're going to cause more error when you do that. <clears throat> do you think the people that lash out on TikTok, for example, are people that are taught what to think and then they lash out based on what they've been, you know, uh, indoctrinated with consistently? Man, Those people it, that lash out are like, yeah, billionaires suck or, you know, uh, billionaires are evil people that want to take advantage of uh, society. It's hard for me to generalize an entire group of trolls, <laughs> but I would offer that user 5165313 with two followers and following a thousand yeah. people probably yeah. is a bot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many, there's so many like trolls though. That's a thing. And what, like, what have they been indoctrinated to where they have this visceral reaction when somebody says, you know, an uh, insightful thing, you know, why, why, when you say, you know, billionaires provide value to society, why is there such a visceral reaction, for example, with that? Um, why, why, when you say, hey, we want people working inside an office as opposed to remote work, there's such a visceral reaction like, hey, we, we don't want to do that. That's taking advantage of us or whatever the case may be. Like, and what are your thoughts on, you know, Elon Musk? Um, saying that everybody has to come back to work. It's almost him trying to take back control. 
that's what I think. Like, mm -hmm. if he wants to try to stay in power, he's it's a really big power play for his on his part. Right. Um, and he's trying to see or maybe weed out people that he feels that are not necessarily lined up with his values or like he can fire people on the spot because he's just, mm -hmm. they're not agreeing with his or what his take on that is. Um, I think it's just all about control. Yeah. Well, you, you were saying something about mission-driven CEOs. Yeah, you're going to have a real hard time. If you have like a lifestyle business where people are just kind of chill and, hey, we work at our own speed, <laughs> do what feels good. And there's a lot of those people out there, then cool. If you're mission-driven, like, hey, we have a purpose, we're moving towards something, fuck off or get, get on board, you're not playing games. But he's also looking at the fact that China is about to eclipse the United States and he's looking at what they're doing and looking at what we're doing. And he's like, we can't seem to stop punching ourselves in the face. Meanwhile, China is incredibly nationalistic, incredibly driven by a single vision and, and wants something different. And we're over here. We're looking way different than China right now. Yeah, because yeah. We're, we're on the other. China's coming up. Right. Coming up is in many ways easier than staying up. Right. Because when you're coming up, it's like there is a something you're aiming for. Right. Superiority. Yeah, once when you're you, there, it's like. Once you've been yeah. superior, if you will, for a long time, it's like, meh, well, let's find new reasons to fuck off. Yeah. And plus, the Chinese culture, the part of their culture is they they focus on the long term consistently. That's part of it, like way more long term than we think. So they're thinking like yeah. 100, 100 years down the line, what are we? What position are we going to be in? So every every action they take, every move they make is based on... Sounds like a song. Police. So in 100 years, they're thinking, okay, where are we going to be in 100 years, right? This is This is like... In the business community, this is well known that Chinese, they're the how they how you work with them. It's going to first take five years to even be at the table just to talk with them, um, if you're consistent and persistent over a long period of time. And then, like they they literally have shopping malls, empty shopping malls with nobody going to them because they're like, okay, ten years down the line, we're going to have this, this, and this. And it's it. There's probably a lot of reasons for that that are quite interesting. And you are right. It generally. Um, Generally, the East has been better at thinking in terms of hundreds, thousands of years versus yeah. quarterly, you know, year out, uh, which there's a long play there that's worth it. But there's a lot of other things that are different. We celebrate individuality massively here. Yeah. Individuality is not really a thing to the Chinese. It's like family first. Some of us celebrate that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it's a different yeah. agenda, um, which is different. But getting back to, to Elon... Um, you know, I think it's interesting that he's he's kind of a lightning rod right now, and I think there's a lot of people that are either going to rally behind him or, or be revolt revolt. What's the word I'm looking for? Repulsed. Repulsed. Yeah. Repulsed. Repulsed. Yeah. By his how he's showing up, but um, I, I get it. Like, there's not depending on what kind of job you're doing. There's a lot of data that says, hey, like. Remote work isn't the jam for businesses, right? And, and over time, we're seeing people... Now, obviously, great employees are going to be great employees, period. But that isn't the masses mm -hmm. by any stretch. And um, and you're finding over time, it's like like you said, people gaming. I just had this happen. I was coaching somebody who was working for competing companies until one of them finally figured it out. <laughs> and then he lost both of his jobs. I'm like, well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Yeah. So he's getting paid because neither one of them knew. Like, oh, I'm working from home. Oh, right. Right. There's a lot of that shit that happens. Or, yeah, I'm working. Right. Like, no. And then in his case, one of the, the things he was saying is like, you can no longer hide and say you're not working for Tesla. Right. Right. It's your remote work. It's like, and that's what he wanted. He's like, hey, if you're not proud to work here, get the fuck out of here. Uh, and I feel him. I get it. Yeah, he came out um, to his employees for not only Tesla, but for SpaceX saying the more superior you are in your occupation here at my company, the more you should be seen. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't work from home, but you are required to work a minimum of 40 hours a week in, in the office. office. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, why, why wouldn't you want to? Why right. aren't people? And so he said, if you don't show up on Monday, we're going to assume you no longer want the position. 
It's pretty badass. To be honest. I still think it is yeah. that power play too, but he will have those people that are going to be in it to win it. Like he's already established his team, his tribe, the people that want to continue to move and push the needle forward. Like he has those people. Again, it's weeding out the ones that are just subpar. What would be the reason he would just want to do it for a power play? Mm -hmm. Just for an ego trip? I think. Do you want to speak in the mic? She has a mic. Oh, you have a mic. <laughs> um, but basically, employees are refusing to come back into the office. Let's see it. And like knowing that that's something that over time, if you let that sit, it's going to continue to get worse. So he's addressing it now and like really yeah. standing for the change, as opposed to like the, the companies that are like, oh yeah, dear sweet employee, like everything is about you, and let's give you what you want. Are going to struggle over time with that. Not over time. He sees what's coming. Oh, There's yeah. a recession coming, and these people are going to get fucking wrecked. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, you want to play games. Let's see. Check in 12 months from now. Well, it's smart on his part if you're looking at, like, hey, how are things unfolding? Like, I want the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to put a line in the sand that says, hey, just step up or step out. Because mm -hmm. um, we know what's coming. Yeah. Right? Because like you said, great employees are going to be great employees, but there are people that are taking advantage of the system. It's and especially rules. his company that is way bigger than what we would know. It's like there's so many people that are sitting at home. That's easy to hide. Yeah. Is that considered a layoff or a resignation? Well, that, that, was the, that was the, layoff, one probably. Of the debates around why he was doing it because he was talking about this, this um, forthcoming recession that he feels is happening and he's genuinely concerned about it and there is good reason to be concerned about it for a number of reasons um and then to draw a line like this is a way in which you could have someone resign without having to lay them off and the reason to do that is if they resign or they quit they don't they aren't entitled to severance um, mm. and they're not necessarily going to get unemployment although right now in the state of california yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> Fucking so true. Twenty-one billion dollars. Rest of rest of the United States mostly got out of unemployment debt because it was being flipped by the federal government. And then Governor Newsom comes on. He's like, "Oh, we're doing so great here. We have a twenty billion dollar surplus." And, and then you look under the ledger of debt to the federal government: twenty-one billion dollars in unemployment debt. Um, Jeez. Like, yeah. Well, to give you an idea you could put all the other states together and they don't equal what California owns in debt. Oh, guess who's going to pay that most likely? Uh, we are. Small tax businesses. Yeah. yeah, small businesses. I remember 2012 to 2017, I think, every year we'd get an extra bill from the state of California like, hey, this is what you owe to pay back our unemployment that we fucking screwed up. And we're, I'm sure it's going to happen again. Lovely. Good. I'm moving. I want to move. <laughs> fuck, I get Everybody it. does. Smart people do. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, but I, I, I don't. I see. I see Elon's move more like a call to action. He's a very mm -hmm. driven dude, yeah. who has a very big vision, and he's not fucking around. So it's yeah. like, hey, like, cool. If you don't want to participate, go work for Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah who, by the way, is becoming less woke every single fucking minute because they're losing their ass. <laughs> Where they brought back their founder because uh, they were in such a, a bad Howard way. Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. He came back in after leaving, leaving everything. And they're like, hey, this isn't working. Could you come back in here? And it was like, the Brista experience. Let's start there. Yeah. So what tends to happen if you give in to people's demands is they ask, for, they, it never ends. It's not like it's well, not like you go you go yeah we're gonna give you this and then you're, it's gonna make you happy and then you're gonna be totally satisfied. No, it's like they're gonna ask for ten other things and then beyond that they're gonna ask for ten more things. Yeah. So it's like, what there's do you, what a, do you do? It's a it's a tricky. That's why there's tension and there needs to be tension. I was talking about this uh, short form video the other day. In the in the macro, the Democratic Party was supposed to be about social responsibility. The Republican Party was supposed to be about personal responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Right. And the tension, the truth, going back to the idea of black and white, is in the middle. Right. Right. Where the Democratic Party goes, hey, 
like we need some social construct here. We need some social platforms or safety nets for people. Right. Right. The Republican Party goes, no, 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 no. There's personal responsibility here. But now we've created this toxicity of polarity that's causing big problems. And in the middle of that, we're not addressing human nature. Right. Like socialism or communism, even if you had perfect human beings that were 100 percent enlightened, that had no understanding of separation would work. Right, because everybody would show up their best selves, and they would show up ready to contribute to humanity. That's just not the nature of where humans are at. Mm -hmm. We could profess the ideal and wish that we were there, but we will destroy society in the process, because that isn't how humans are. Humans are more animal than they are anything else, and all they really care about is survival. Survival is I will do the least amount I possibly can to survive. So yes, if you give people more, they will take more in whole. I really think that for the most part, whether Democrat or Republican, most people agree on almost everything. If you really like dig, dig deeper, we agree on almost everything. It's the fringes of society that are, you know, um, that are promoted and spoken about in the media. Um, you mean the mass of society the generally has the same values? Have the same, yeah, have the same sentiments for almost everything. Right. But that's boring, and we couldn't make TV shows and movies out of that. So right. we got to take the fringes. Right, right. So, so, so if you ask like a hardcore staunch Republican, do you believe in social safety nets, welfare, you know, um, police officers, firefighters, hospitals, so, um, you know, welfare? If there's you know somebody that, that, that that's in need of it, most people would agree. Yes, for the least of us, we should support uh, even the most staunch far right uh, Republicans. Yeah. Um, on the far left, if you look, I mean. This can be debated, but on the far, very far left, if you if you ask them, hey, if 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 somebody makes a mistake ten times in a row, do you keep giving them something that you've given them previously that led to them not caring about the mistake? They would say, yeah, yeah, just stop, stop what they're, stop what you're doing, stop giving them whatever you're giving them, right? Most people agree on most things. It's just that what's shown in the media is like just these or what's shown like the Twitter employees, the it's the most fringe Twitter employees that are promoted and that, you know, have the most say. And so we're giving into the most fringe of society. And that's really pissing off like the far majority of but the people. It's, it's creates but, so much more drama that way. Yeah. Well, that's fun. You're I mean, right though. You're it's just weird. It's like people are getting fired. People are for like a mistake. I like why, we're fo we're making like uh, what is it mountains out of anthills, you know. That's so that's one of the characteristics when you s hit a certain level of affluence. Mm -hmm. That's what happens because it's like well, there's no great war, there's no big conquest, there's no great cause, right? Until we create one, and that might be aliens, that could be multiplanetary. There's some things that'll probably fucking shock the world back to shit. There's something more important than acquiring, but that's what happens when. You kind of run out of things to to accomplish. Then you yeah. start bickering over really silly shit. It's like we have a lot of first world problems that we get to be upset about in our country. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm just not a huge staunch believer in body positivity. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just can't. I can't get on board. There's there's some arguments that can be made about it, but like. There's, I, mean, I just don't get it. There, obviously, yeah, if you feel bad about yourself, you're making yourself feel bad about your body consistently, and there's nothing to feel bad. But there is there is value in shame. There is value in like, oh, I need to lose a certain amount of weight and not thinking I'm, I'm just perfect the way I am. Like there is value in saying I'm not perfect. I need to improve. I need to get to a level that, you know, and I was making this. <laughs> I was talking to, I think, Julia. He's like, like, there's body positivity for women, but there's not really like bank positivity for men, right? Can I get like, can I get bank positivity? Like no matter how negative I am in the bank, <laughs> bank positivity, no matter how bad, negative, I'm, it's perfect the way it is. That's like, you can't just sit there and say like, there's nothing there, there's no weeds, or like how Tony Robbins says, like you can't there's just sit weeds. there and like there's convince a yourself that everything is fine. Yeah, there's a problem. Like, uh, you know, with uh, the client I have that focuses on cancer, so the, inc the increase in the um, likelihood that you'll get cancer is like like something <clears throat> beyond 300% if you're just overweight, not even obese. So if you're just overweight, it's like 300% increase, and then obese is even more. So it's like, why aren't we talking about these things? Like, well, there, And there is some embedded assumptions, though, right? Like, I, I, I'm the, the pretending 
the pretending things aren't a certain way cracks me up. Right. And humans love to do this shit, but but there's embedded assumptions in that. Three hundred times more likely to get cancer. Well, what's the embedded assumption? That I don't want to get cancer. Mm-hmm. I want to live as long as I possibly can. Right. That's funny to me. Those are like embedded human assumptions. Well, of course you want to live as long as you can. Do you? Hmm. It's true. Right? Well, well, that's a weird one. Most people are going to have a hard I, I time a, with that uh, one alone. Because like, wait, isn't the goal to live as long as you possibly can? I had a priest Why? that did a talk and he was saying that uh, cancer is a gift. Because you know when you're, when you're going to pass. Yeah, that could be. He, he well, he said well, based on like you know religious aspect of it, like salvation. He's like, well, you know exactly what you need to do, and you know how much time you have. So it's like a gift that that you've been given. Oh, um, I struggle with that one. But yeah, I, I wouldn't see it as a gift at all. That sounds like a, a way of putting I on rosy-colored glasses. Yeah, I s- like I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like you have a certain amount of time to live, but like you're not like I understand what you're saying. Like when you have a certain amount, so there's no gift in that. I think that's different. If you were living at your full fucking potential and you say, "Oh yeah, I got two years," then cool. You get to do everything you can at your fullest. Not when you're in a bed doing chemotherapy, radiation, surgeries. I personally would. I would not be happy if someone told me like it's a gift. Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. There'd be a lack of social awareness. Yeah, no. And the other way of looking at that is one of the best things you can do, I think, in early life is get really comfortable with the mortality of your meat suit. Just understand, yeah. Right, and our current pace now. Me too. I I have a feeling we're going to figure out sooner than later how to tap into the fifth dimension and live at a higher frequency. In which case, our bodies will probably live a lot longer, or at some point, cease to be important in the form that they are now. But in our current state, if nothing changes, there is a timeline, right? There is a countdown for how long this meat suit is going to work before you tap out of it. So, getting comfortable with that mortality. So it's like. You're saying like, well, it's a gift because now you know you only have six months. To your point, well, fuck, if I knew I only had six months, I'd rather have that be completely maximized where my body is at its best. Well, let me help you. We're all in that situation Mm -hmm. because we all have a countdown, right, in our current state, right? So living from that place is important. But it's more that there's so many embedded assumptions in the human psyche that if you really want to get to design creator and understand what the hell is going on, start poking into those assumptions. Why do we assume these things? Why are they important? Why do we care? Yeah. And you can see the, I, I, I see a beautiful design in that. If you were trying to create a species that survived long enough to evolve into a conscious being, then I see why you would embed these kind of <clears throat> programs into it. But they are so core to who we are. Yeah. And we don't even realize it. Ba- based on what I'm seeing in the medical field, I think in a hundred years, we'll probably reach immortality. And I, I'm wondering how many, like, what, what are going to be people's options? Like, if they don't want to live, right? Like, are they going to choose immortality versus, you know? If they don't want to live? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say, like, I don't want, like, let's say somebody doesn't want immortality, right? And there's, like, the technology. We're going to have that technology in about 100 years. Meaning we're going to all live forever until we want to go away. Go. So... What what are people's options if they're like I don't want this I don't want to live five hundred years. <laughs> so so this is a a great conversation and there's layers to it but one of the great realizations is that we are eternal. We're just not eternally stuck in a single meat suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I was thinking I was like hundred hundred years. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I think I think I need to watch it. Oh, I think I haven't watched it yet, but I think you would really enjoy it. Eternals. Oh, what is Gaia? I don't have Gaia. But but uh, going back to going back to the Bible, um, Genesis is full of goodness, and it's really quite interesting. But we forget there were two. There were two trees in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. tree of life, tree of good and evil. Right. Right. And the serpent, which is all kinds of fascinating if you start to study like serpent throughout history, the serpent deceives Eve and they become 
knowledgeable of good and evil. And the statement is you become like God. God also agreed they became like us. It is one of the few times in the Bible that God is referred to in the plural. That's all kinds of fun if we want to go play in that space. Mm-hmm. They became like us. But here's, here's the key to this. They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden because there was another tree in that fucking garden. The tree of life. The tree of eternal life. If they eat of that, while stuck in knowledge of good and evil, they now get stuck in a meat suit in a carnal life. So out of mercy, he boots them out, puts a few cherubim in front of the garden, says, no, 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 you go figure it out. Mercy. I didn't know, no, no, no. No, no, no. Right? And that's the mission of mercy. So I, I think that perhaps in less than 100 years, there are going to be a lot of choices for people to level up. And some will decide to cross over and to level up and operate at a higher dimension. Some will, for various reasons, decide not to and continue that work in the third dimension. But at some right. point, the transition will happen for all. Whether technology is part of that or not, um, I think what's more interesting to me is to see how spirituality and technology are coming back together mm-hmm. and seeing how those two are going to play together as we're beginning to understand things on a different level. So. Science kind of was at one point the antithesis of religion. I would argue is just another religion. And we started using technology to answer a lot of these questions. But if you start to look at art and literature, you're starting to see this theme where science and technology are starting to integrate with spirituality. That's fascinating to me. What are the implications of that? Uh, and there's, there's so many topics around this that are... We I don't have so see, many unexplained mysteries. I don't the see world. there being an integration between those two um, amongst scientists, and I think more uh, more with religious people. Yeah, but with scientists, there's just staunch atheists um, that don't believe in anything other than what they see in front of them. Right. Um, and then this yeah. really funky discipline within science shows up called quantum physics and it really just begins to mess with Fuck their, everything. <laughs> their <laughs> entire fucking worldview. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a fun one. That's why I just, any, anyone who wants to go that route with me, I'm like, let's just, let's dive into this together, shall we? Turn yeah. To chapter one of quantum physics, <laughs> verse three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, time travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of those things are really interesting. But to me, the, there is an insane amount of, I'll call arrogance for the time being, to think uh, atheistically about the world and right. to think in such a black and white world. There's just so many things that if you just stopped and looked, you're like, we can't explain any of this. How the fuck do I have this it, opinion? Yeah, like that's true. The pyramids, <laughs> for one. We still don't know how they were fucking built. Makes zero sense. And how they're all three aligned. million stones that weigh anywhere from uh, two to two hundred tons. Yeah, and they have to be and they have to be taken from a a quarry a hundred miles away. Yeah, the 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 stones have to be taken from and you know uh, we don't even know what they were developed for. Uh And they're not alone. There's 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 these structures all over the world. Like um, the Stonehenge. Stonehenge is another one. But there's pyramids all over the world on three different continents and probably more. We just haven't found them yet. We have no idea how they were built or what they fucking were used for. Like, that's hilarious to me. How the hell do we have any opinions of how... And they're, like, completely aligned. history books now say that the slaves built them and they used it for the pharaohs. There's no explanation. There's no explanation. We're good to go on that. You start doing your research, you're like, uh, I know. That didn't work. They the d- they'd have to chisel stones in the right way, 100 miles away in a quarry. Quarry. The the stones weigh anywhere from two to 200 tons, and they have to. Yeah, each they have to. Was it 200 tons. 200. There's each, there's stones. Each blocks. Anywhere from between two and 200 tons. Wow. Tons. That's just the pyramids. <laughs> That's just the pyramids. So here's the interesting thing. Do you notice that there are numbers on tops of buildings? Yes. Big numbers. Yeah. Why would there be big numbers on tops of buildings? Aren't they for the helicopter? Yes. Because for things. Above to see them, right? Stay with me. <laughs> okay. Stay with me. Right, that's interesting. If you're on an island and you write SOS, right? Who are you writing that for? Airplanes. For people above, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Nezcal lines in Peru. 
massive, some of them 80-mile structures. I'm not making this I'm up. I'm just looking up what they look like. Some of them are monkeys. Some of them are men. Some of them are geometrical structures. They are massive. Thousands and thousands of years ago. What are they called? Naz Nazcal lines, Naz the Nazcal lines in Peru. Lines. Look these up. Lines, the Nazcal lines in Peru. We don't have a. Oh my god, it's a kitty. No, oh, there's. And a monkey. There's there's thousands of them, but we have no idea. Why would you build? This isn't a time when we believed that aviation wasn't even a thing. You, it, you look at those pictures and understand it. You have to get those at scale. Some of those are miles long. Help me That's understand if we had no clue about aviation, why you would be drawing massive things, then how would you even do it? Right, drawing to be like a little things. to the left, no. Right. Like how would you know to portion how would you know to proportion and to scale what the hell you were drawing that if you had no so elevation? Seven thousand to twelve thousand years ago. Let me help oh, you. those are that old? Yeah. There's a lot we don't understand. And I think I think that we're I think we're about to understand in a big way. Possible. There's going to be yeah. some massive breakthroughs. Well, do they say it's kind of like um, what well, those called? You know, the crop, crop circles. With, well, do, do they, they say it's kind of like um, one in the same crop circle? Like, crop circles. Yeah, kind of similar. Yeah, but they, they had two weeks mm -hmm. ago. No, well, I'm I'm way off. <laughs> crop circles are a thing, and that's super interesting in its own conversation. Let's right. just stay on this for a second. Okay. We are talking about things that were drawn into the earth, sometimes on the side of mountains that are literally miles large, okay. to scale, that are accurate, like hieroglyphics. But how would you and why would you do that if you had no way to see them? Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, no was it one and the same, but you're saying no, at all, not at well, all. Well, I, I, yeah. crop circles may be used for their own thing. I'm just trying to make a very simple point here. We see very large letters on tops of buildings we see things that help planes land, right? And we look at it, we obviously know, oh, that is to help planes land or to communicate with yeah. planes above. Right. We have things that are massive in the middle of the desert that have been there for thousands of years, right? At a time when we didn't think aviation was even a thing. I think we have a lot to understand that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they communicating with? What the hell? Why would you draw and these? And why books? like a cat? You know, or like a, a monkey, spider. Uh, I have a lot of questions. Hmm. Huh. Evidently, they align with the stars, which is fascinating. Oh. Pyramids align with the North Star. Stars. Or a landing pad? <laughs> Navigating them down? I don't know, but... Well, you know, like two, two, two weeks ago, Congress had a, a discussion on UFOs. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Congress... Yeah, essentially... If you catch the, the Congress had a hearing on UFOs and it started releasing like footage of UFOs that the military. Yeah, the punchline. Yeah, we know about them. So what? <laughs> Next, <laughs> monkey pops. Yeah, monkey they're uh, they're real. Um, well, th there's an argument that can be made. Like in the last 50 years, we've had more te technological advancements in the last 5,000 years combined. Nah, dude, we're so far in the last back. fifty in the last fifty years. So how are we making we're, we're all these advancements? Ass, ass backwards. Oh, I see what you're. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. How, how are we making major advancements? Five thousand years, more than five thousand years worth of advancements in fifty years. Um, are we? Do we have some type of alien technology that we're learning from? I don't know. Like the, well, something to be to, to be talked about. I think I think humans are getting primed for a very big. Uh, reveal of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Independence Day. No. But, and, and, and obviously, I think when you think of, of aliens, it very much depends on what you mean by... I think when we think aliens, we get the Hollywood version. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But there's lots of different ways. If you understand the multiverse or parallel universes or theory of relativity... It literally could just be a future version of you coming back to help your sorry ass out. But there could be something yeah. more even like crazy than the theory of relativity out there that we're just unfamiliar with. Right. Like, but this <laughs> is like this for me is why it's when we start going back to your question about black and white, when somebody draws a line in the sand and says, no, I'm an atheist. I'm like, 
there has to be trauma. Only trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only trauma leads somebody to believe that, like, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to defend the fact that no God exists. I, the only thing I think the only position that's defensible, I believe, is agnosticism. Well, it's the yeah. easy way out for Huckabee. Which is, sure, which, which is, I don't know I don't the know. answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer. You can make logical conclusions. You can make logical conclusions. You can make logical conclusions. Like, um, you can make inferences. You can say, um, okay, for example, um, if you have a watch with its enormous, like the enormous complexities, there has to be some type of maker from with that watch. And if you look at the universe, there's like infinite complexities that make no sense whatsoever. And if, if there were like just a few things off, then the whole world wouldn't exist. And like, it's almost as if it was And so designed. I think like in science, the impossibility is like one times 10 to the 26th or something like that. Yeah. And literally for the world to exist, it would have to be like one or uh, one times or one to the like 1,000th or something like that. So it's like impossible for all this to uh, happen. So it's like you have to like There's at some point, at some point. odds if you're just like I'll address people in the logical world. Like it's literally a better mathematical odds that this world was created than it was an accident. So how the fuck does anybody with half a logical mind go, I'll go with the, the latter? It looks like intel <laughs> it looks like everything accident. was intelligently designed. Like how, how do we like with – without any type of you know external energy source how are we running like how is our internal or how are our internal organs working consistently without like how is it working how, how like, nobody can explain this like, what what's causing them to have this energy yes mitochondria what what's causing them to have this energy You have to make a leap of faith. Yeah. You have to make a leap of faith. Yeah. Of course. And you have to do the same thing in science, too. You have to make a leap of faith on a lot of things. Well, it's, it's like yeah. science is a, a very useful way to help understand the first three dimensions, but it's a religion just like all the others. And more now than ever. Yeah. How often do we like, well, we used to believe this five years ago, but we no longer believe this. At, at the one, credit I would give to science, at least it's willing to continually if, evolve. If you said anything stuff. that was a diversion of uh, heliocentrism oh, uh, a thousand years ago, you, you were put to death. Or, well, <laughs> or at least thrown into house arrest as so, Copernicus and Galileo were. Yeah, exactly. So Galileo, he was the one saying, I don't think we all were, like everything revolves around the sun. I think, yeah. or, or sorry, every, everything revolves around the earth, right? The, so the sun and every, every other planet revolves around the earth. I think we revolve around the sun and he was literally put in jail. Like correct. What the thrown under house arrest. Yeah. That was because the Catholic church had a little bit too much power, which is why science became the, the antithesis to religion because religion got so far off its rocker and was used. Does this sound familiar? It was used by the government to impose power, to drive (laughs) behavior. That doesn't happen in science though. Does that happen? Doesn't happen today at all. And with science? No. Yeah. Right. Where things just start to not make sense, and you're manipulating things to make it be what you want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's some um, uh, facts in science, obviously. Of course. That, yeah. There's some facts so in there's religion. Indisputable facts in science. Yeah. There are different modalities to get to truth. Right. There's historical facts in in Christianity and and all the other um, religions. Yeah, all um, the others, but a lot of them. Yeah. You have uh, uh, not historians that were um ag- or they were uh not theistic historians uh mm-hmm. tacitus and josephus that um acknowledged jesus and all those things that happened um yep josephus is responsible for a, a good portion of early church history and he wasn't yeah a follower here's a fun fact time travels a fact it's possible time travel yeah einstein exposed this we just yeah trying to figure out how to make it happen mm-hmm. yeah so it, the, the, the one test I use uh, to see if somebody understands physics or not is, does, is time travel possible? Traveling in the past is impossible as of now. We don't know that. But future 
time travel is already happening. We don't know. How? Explain. <laughs> Why is it impossible to go back but not forward? Um, it's possible to go forward because um, the theory of relativity states that like um, you can bend time and space. And when you bend time and space through speed or uh, gravity or uh, some type of mass, mass object, mm. um, you can actually travel in the future. Um, it's very hard to explain, but there, like if, if you look at satellites in, in, uh, in, uh, in space, some of them are delayed by like 0.006 mm -hmm. seconds because they're traveling fast enough in a, in a warped time um, space mm. that, um, that it's traveling in the future. And so there needs to be a little bit of a delay so that we on earth, um, see the time difference. That makes sense. Yeah. So there's satellites that are actually like shooting traveling in the stars. future, and they're delayed by point zero zero six seconds. Mm. So if we if we can travel at like light speed, then we for sure can travel in the future mm. um, by multiple uh, you know uh, time frames. If that makes sense. I don't know if I did the best explanation. <laughs> yeah. Um, we figured out we, could, we can that that the speed of light speeds up and slows down which is where this comes from and so once you realize it's a variable then you can begin to manipulate, manipulate it, it. Yeah. and mm. when you're out in orbit you're revolving moving much quicker so you would have to be in space in for this to occur so so you'd have to be in a in space that or you create a wormhole and step through it so any change in time mm -hmm. or, or space mm -hmm. uh can can affect time travel so uh, that's the theory of relativity essentially so if you change space in, in some way uh through like a black hole bend the three dimensions together and then punch a hole through them so what affects time speed speed uh, speed affects time mm. right so it's fucking hard to explain it's if you imagine like so. <laughs> I don't want to give the wrong explanation. Like, have a bunch of like physicists be like, "You're a dumbass." <laughs> but like, okay. But like, um, imagine a train uh, that you're that you, okay. say you're watching a train okay. right, travel. Say you're watching a train. Um, so, all right. So imagine you you're, you're watching a train, uh -huh. right? And. Am I gonna explain this right? Okay, so if if you see a ball that's going in a triangular um, uh, direction, like it's going, it's going, like it's it's dropping down and then it's going at an angle in a triangle way. Okay. Right? Well, the faster you go, um, the the more the the ball travels in a triangle, right? So if you're like, okay, so if if you're if you're looking at this right and and the ball is going like this uh -huh. if this is traveling faster uh-huh right this takes more space got it if that makes sense oh got it right got it so if you travel even faster then this ball got takes it. more of the train that makes sense the total length of the train the so that, that's how by his example just going train. through all three is that what you're with the so triangle that, that's how by his example, you're elongating your speed so you're el you're elongating uh the the amount of space that the ball takes of the train Got it. that makes sense so the train's going faster okay so if you're if, if the train's just going like one mile an hour right uh -huh. it's going like this you're gonna see like you're gonna see a slower progression got right? it but if the train is going like this like that and 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 all of a sudden you have the same speed of the ball uh -huh. then it takes more of the train okay. so that's how we relate it to, to time Got essentially it. you know the the more the, the the more we can change speed of space or, or change space it's either speed or space right or time or space time space the, continuum yeah more the more it, we either change time or space and if we do the, one of those two things then we can travel in the future and we are traveling in the future based on satellites that are in the air that even like uh you know military operations if you're going like up to like a mountain like you have you have, there's a time differential that you have to equate for mm -hmm. um and this is like this is a fact there's you there's things in like on the planet that are traveling in ah. the future right okay i completely get it now <clears throat> there's things yeah there's so the satellites and and so there's different space mm -hmm. it, within uh you know that's why you can't and, go and backwards so you right. can only go forward you yeah you can't go backwards but it's you can like go forwards yeah Got so it. the the w <laughs> at, at some point i think in the future at some point in the future we're gonna have um 
something fast enough that's going to be able to uh, enable us to travel in the future. Like a train? Yeah. But then would you just be going around Earth? Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm still trying to understand, like, because I understand the short term, like, going in the future, I understand that piece, but, like, because I understand the short term, like, going in the future, I understand that piece. Yeah, so the, what he's explaining is still largely theoretical as to how we can apply it, but the fact that Got it. it's off by a fraction tells us that it is at least possible, mm. right? Because time is, even if it's... Well, I would time, argue it's not a theoretical at this point. Theoretical. Well, what would happen? Her question about like what are oh. implications, like where we could go with it, is like, yeah. well, we don't really know, but we can show that we can speed up time and slow it down, yeah. so, which tells us that it can happen. Mm. How exactly we utilize technology to do that? What's the movie um, with um, Back to the Future? Matt, no, Matthew McConaughey. There's a future. There's yeah. a movie. What is it called? Interstellar. Interstellar. Oh, I have. That explains. That oh, really? Yeah, Interstellar explains everything completely. Takes his own hand. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, he shakes his own hand. Yeah. So, so the problem with like uh, time travel or space travel, that this is the pro- the biggest problem is that if you travel far enough, when you come back to Earth, it's going to be a completely different time. That's that's one of the problems of time travel of space travel. So, well, that's what we. These are the things no. we don't know because what is age? What oh, is maybe. age? What is age based on? Like what is time? No, no. Technically, you don't age. You, you just, you, you, you well, maintain we, the same, like, um, you age at the same rate. When you come back to Earth, everybody's aged more. That, this is largely the theoretical part. We really don't understand what's It's the not theoretical. Of. It's not theoretical. If you travel fast enough and you travel in a space that um, has different um, amounts well, of density and things like that. Let me explain to you why it's theoretical. Uh-huh. Have we done it? No. Or maybe we don't know. In movies, yeah. Well, no, th- but, but you, underst- you have to understand that when we're, t- we're planning to travel to Mars... This is what they plan for. Is like oh, when, you, when, when you come back to Earth, we're gonna be. There's gonna be like a difference of like maybe, like six months or something like that. Th- they we'll, plan for this and in NASA. We may, we may learn something new. We may figure out that isn't the case. It's the same reason the first rovers they dropped on the moon had massive snowshoes on them. <laughs> true, true story. Big discs. The rovers. rovers that we landed on the moon because we assumed based on how old we thought the moon was and its relationship to the Earth, that it was like 10 feet of space dust. And then we got there, and it was like a half an inch of space dust, which changed our entire view of how old we thought the moon was. But it's like, we, we, we do the best we can with what we got, right? But until we like actually get into that world, uh, I don't know that we actually know what aging is going to be like, because what is aging, mm-hmm. right? We, our idea of time is really anchored to the idea of the sun, which is all kinds of fascinating on a whole other kind of level, right? So right. that's just a physical dimension, a property that is in the first three dimensions. My guess is long before technology teaches right. us how to do that, we're just going to figure out how to jump dimensions, in which case this is all fairly irrelevant. Which how is, do we know this is possible? Well, there's many accounts of people doing this, including Jesus. Jesus walked through walls. He appeared in different parts of the world in a very short amount of time. Why? Because he knew how to operate through many dimensions. And even in the, the story of Christ, when um, many of his disciples wanted to touch him, he said, please don't touch me. I haven't ascended to the Father yet. He was operating at a level of vibrancy that if they touched him, could compromise themselves because they weren't cleansed yet, if you will. Cleansed is probably not the right word. <clears throat> so Jeff Bezos talked about this. He was like, I wanted to become a theoretical physicist. And he's like, I wasn't smart enough because like, there's different levels to it. Like, so you have to, like, to be a, like a, an accomplished theoretical physicist, you have to actually be in like the top, Point zero 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 percent of IQ. And then <laughs> like, when you become a theoretical physicist, you end up shitting on all the disciplines of science because there's questions there that like cannot be answered. The which is fun. The the M theory in metaphysics is um, a theory that there's eight dimensions. Eight. Eight, eight dimensions. We know of Eleven so far. Eleven. Eleven okay. so far with a so a theory you, that there's you can't an infinite amount you can't objectively dimensions. see this, but you can mathematically prove that there's eight, eleven dimensions. Yep. Right. So everything in this universe is you know made up of mathematical equations essentially mm. um that's how we make f- sense of physics chemistry was like an everything i know but like so so theoretical physicists has got, have gotten to a point where they've made it mathematically feasible um that there's 11 dimensions 
uh, through mathematical equations and things like that, that make the universe make more sense than three dimensions. Mm -hmm. Like literally mathematically, three dimensions does not equate to anything. Mm -hmm. It we doesn't make any sense. a lot if we only operate in three dimensions. If we only operate in three dimensions, there's like an infinite amount of things that we cannot explain at all. Zero, like we have zero explanation as to why they occur. But with 11 dimensions, everything seems to make sense. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. And then no. I don't know how they come to that conclusion, but this is like well known amongst theoretical physicists. 100%. Like well, M theory. Well, think about it. Every dimension is superior to the last. So you got one dimension. If you're on one dimension, you get a single plane. Two dimensions, you get all of the plane and its depth. Three dimensions, you get depth, width, and length. I looked Every at one a... is superior to the next, meaning you see all of it plus all of the others. Fourth dimension you would be able to see all of it plus all of the others. If you're in second dimension, you can't see third dimension. is literally invisible to you. I would love to have a theoretical wait, wait, wait. physicist. Did you guys just get what I said? No, say it again. Yeah. If you're in second dimension, you can't see third dimension. It is literally invisible to you. If oh, you are so in yeah. fourth you dimension, you see all of the first three plus the one you're in. So not, so, so That's how you walk through walls. That's how there's beings that communicate with people that they can't see. How do we see these dimensions then? It's vibrant. It's all vibration. Do you, do you think it's heaven's frequency. on earth? Yes. We're so like, it. yeah. So like everyone that passes away is actually with us still, but. Yes. And another dimension. We get rid of the meat suit and it's not necessary to get rid of the meat suit. We got the, if you follow the Bible, like, yeah. John the Baptist shows up on the scene. What's the first thing they fucking ask him? This cracks me up when Christians have a hard time with reincarnation. I'm like, you all read your Bible ever? Mm -hmm. Anybody? Mm -hmm. No? Pastor just told you this shit? First thing, he shows up. First thing they literally ask him, are you Elijah? Uh -huh. First question out of their mouth. Now, why the hell would you ask him if he was Elijah, a prophet that was 600 years ago, if you didn't believe in reincarnation mm -hmm. or some version of this? Right? Like, that's a fascinating one to me. Like, literally, first he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not Elijah. And then they asked him again later on. He's like, listen, I'm not Elijah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right? And the Mount yeah. of Transfiguration, when, when Christ goes to the top of the mountain. Transconfiguration, yeah. Transfiguration. Transfiguration. The mountain. Goes up the top. He's hanging out. Who shows up? Moses and Elijah. It was almost as if God was like, <laughs> 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 now I'm really fucking with you. <laughs> I gotta. Can, let's land it. 